I would really want to speak to you today, you know, about decisions. I, I have a message in my heart about five rules of great decisions. Five rules of great decisions. And these are not just um, principles that I just got somewhere. These are things that I have, that I've, that I've searched the Bible about. And these are things that I have applied to my own life and Pastor Alexander's life. This is something that we live. If you ask us, well, how do you make decisions? Well, I really would like to share with you today how we make decisions. But I really believe that, um, you know, the Bible speaks so much about decisions. You know, for instance, Joel 3.14 says that there are multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. And, you know, at one time or another, we will be visitors of that valley. At one time or another, we will be find ourselves in a place where we will need to decide one way or the other. And I really felt, as I was praying for 2021, I really felt the Lord speak to my heart and say that, that there are some decisions awaiting for us next year. On a personal level, on a family level, on a church level, there are, fam there are, there are decisions awaiting for us. The landscape of our world has completely changed. And uh, I think we need to get ready uh, to make some decisions. Uh, the world, our lives will be different. This has been a different year, but it's kind of has set up things in a way that next year we're going to have to be in a place where we will know how to decide in line with the will of God. And, and God has a will and God has a plan and God is awaiting for us already in the future. Amen. So I, I want you to pay attention today to this message. I really believe it's going to bless your heart and it's going to give you tools so that as we start planning, as we start strategizing for 2021, you know what, we, we, we do that equipped, we do that with tools, we do that knowing how, how to plan, how to do decisions that are right and will bring good results into our lives. And I have a text uh, in Genesis chapter 12 that, that is such a, a great text about decisions. Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, find your Bible, amen, or your, or your whatever you have your Bible. Uh, I still have my Bible in leather bound, the biggest Bible I could find in, in the bookshop. And, uh, but whatever you have your Bible in your, in your uh, little phone or your iPad, whatever, I, I still love to hear the sound of pages turning. Uh, I hope they'll come up with an app on, on, on for iPad or something where you can turn the pages and hear them. I love the sound of turning pages. So turn your pages of your Bible right there. Genesis, first book of the Bible, chapter 12. I want you to get ready. Amen. And, and let's read from verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you, I'll curse those who curse you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken with him, and Lot went with him. Chapter 13 says, Then Abraham went up to, uh, from Egypt, and he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot was with him to the south, and Abraham was very rich in livestock and silver and gold. And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been in the beginning between Bethel and Ai to the place of the altar which he had made 
there at first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Lot also went with Abraham, Abraham had flocks and, and herds and tents. And now the land was not able to support them that, that they might dwell together for their possessions were so great that they, they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites, the Perizzites, they dwelt in the land. So Abraham said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of the Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go, as you go towards Zohar, then Lot chose. This is a message about choices. This is a message about decisions. So then Lot chose for himself all the plain of the Jordan, and, let, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Verse 14, And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the plain where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which I see you, I give you to you and your descendants forever. And I'll make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants would also be numbered. Arise, walk in the land, though it, through its length and its width, for I have given it to you. Well, there's a long text. I, I don't know about you. I love to read the Bible. And the Bible has... A lot of practical advice, a lot of practical keys, uh, a lot of um, instructions so that we know how to be led by God, how to be in step with Him, how to not miss His will, how to plan, how to prepare, how to make choices, how to make decisions. And this is a, this is a very interesting passage because God had a plan for Abraham's life. And part of that plan was to take him to a new place. You know, life is, is full of changes. God was going to take him to a land that he had promised him. And Abraham was to leave his country and his relatives. But it's interesting that he left. He left, but he left with Lot. And, uh, and I'm sure Lot was very happy to travel with, uh, with his rich uncle. And about 4,000 kilometers into that trip, there was a bit of strife between Lot's herdsmen and Abraham's um, herdsmen. And there was a bit of friction and a bit of strife. And you see, uh, it, it pays to really follow God and follow His instructions to the letter. Because God had said to Abraham, you know, when you leave, leave your relatives. But He brought one of His relatives with Him. And you know what? The problem sometimes when we don't follow God's instructions strictly and specifically, sometimes when we allow lots to be attached to us, then further down the track, we're going to experience, you know, lots of trouble. But it's so interesting that at that point, Abraham stopped and he made a different decision. And he came to his, his nephew and said, well, how about we just separate our ways? And you know, that's the wonderful thing about God. You know, failure is never fatal with God. We're always one decision away of, uh, of uh, being redirected to the plan of God for our lives. And so Lot was given now the opportunity to choose. And in Genesis 13, right here, uh, in verse 9, it says, Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes 
And he saw all the plain of the Jordan and saw that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go towards Zoar, then Lot chose. Lot chose for himself all the... Now, if you were Lot, if you were in his shoes, how would you choose? What criteria would you use to make a decision? Um, how do you make your decisions? Have you ever been to a place where your decision could mean life or death, blessings or trouble? Ultimately, our lives are determined by the decisions that we make. You know, God provides signposts along the way, but we chose where to go. And you know what? God respects our decisions. We are free moral agents. For instance, in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15, you know, God said, See, I set before you life and death, life and good, death and evil. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So decisions are so important. And God, God he gives us guidelines, but at the end of the day, it's our choice. God says, you know what? I said this before you, now you choose. And God even gives us a hand and says, well, choose life. <laughs> In other words, life is better than death. Choose blessing. Blessing is better than curse. You know, choose good. It's better than evil. But it's our choice. So our choices, our decisions in life are so, so important. Our life can take, can go one direction or can go the other direction. And uh, it's all on the basis of a decision. And God gives us a hand, but at the end of the day, we make those decisions and we reap the consequences of those decisions. Joshua, in Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, he set the whole of Israel before him and said, well, you know, choose this day whom you're going to serve, whether the gods of your fathers or, or Jehovah God. And he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So choices, decisions are so, so important. Isaiah 1.19 says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. It's like God even puts it to us. If you are willing, it's an act of our will, which God respects. It's your decision to eat the good of the land. God puts it out there. God puts blessing out there. God puts life out there. God puts good things out there. But you know what? It's, it all boils down to decisions. What decision are you going to make? So how to make right decisions and stay in the will of God for our lives? How to make right decisions and still stay on track with what God has for us. You know, Pastor Alexander and I, we have had many decisions in life that implied major shifts. You know, probably one of the hardest was to leave our home country uh, and our relatives some 30 years ago and obey the call of God to serve Him in the nations of the world. You know, and since then we have lived in several countries. We have preached in more countries than I can remember. And we've had to make decisions at every turn, many, many decisions in these 30 years of ministry. And looking back, I, I was just pondering about this and looking back and, and I was just thinking about some of those decisions. And, and I, I thank God that I think we have made good decisions all the way. And I would like to share with you the five rules. What has worked for us? The five rules of a great 
decision. Now, these are, these are, these are things that, has, that have worked for us for 30 years. This is the reason why we've been able to make good decisions and looking back and think, wow, you know, it's amazing. We could have gone that way, but really the Lord led us this way and, and that was the right way. And wow, I want to share that with you today. Number one, great decisions always start with God. Great decisions always start with God. In Genesis 12, 4, right here in this text that we read today, you know, it says, So Abram departed as the Lord spoken with him. So, so Abram departed. Abram was moved by what God had said to him. You know, uh, great decisions always start with God. He departed. He was moved as the Lord spoke with him. And I want to encourage you, determine not to be moved by anything else but what God says. Go if He says go. Stay if He hasn't said anything. You know, go with God. He departed. He was moved as the Lord spoke to him. A good decision will always start at the feet of Jesus. Sometimes we, in our lives, we get really anxious and troubled and, and worried about so many things. And you know what? Sometimes the greatest decision we can ever make is actually to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear what he has to say. We read that in Luke chapter 10 and verse 41 and 42, that Jesus, Jesus identified the anxiety, identified the busyness of, um, of Martha. And he said, well, Mary has chosen, has chosen that, uh, that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So great decisions always start with God, always start at the feet of Jesus. What is God saying? I, I've come across so many people who come to me and say, Pastor, I want you to pray. Uh, I've got this plan. I want to do this. I want to start this business. or I want to go somewhere. And, and, and I want you to pray that God will bless this. And you know, sometimes we come to God and we want God to bless our plans. But sometimes the greatest thing we could ever do is actually to come to God and find out what His plan is. Because His plan is always blessed. <laughs> because His plan is always the plan that's going to work. Because His idea is always the highest idea, the best idea. And some of our ideas are not that good. You know, so many times I've come across people who've actually been on the other side of this equation. And they've, they've taken certain steps, made decisions that ended up being wrong decisions. And they're like, well, Pastor, please pray for me. And, and it's okay, we can pray and God will be there and God will, God will readjust you. God will bring you and realign you with His plan and His purpose. You know, we, we can always repent. We can always change direction, come and realign ourselves with God. But how good it is to actually hear from God and follow and, and do what He tells us to do. And let me say this to you also. Guidance is not some really strange thing. And, and some people think about guidance, you know, you don't necessarily have to hear an audible voice from heaven, or wake up in the middle of the night with neon lights flashing at you and saying, you know, something. Uh, you know, there is the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And that's how God leads us most of the time. There is that still, small voice. And, and as you walk with God, that voice will become more and more clear. Uh, there, is, there, is, there is the Word. Uh, and, and there are many ways that God can confirm what He speaks, you know, through prophecy, words of knowledge, and so on and so forth. But on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, don't always look for the spectacular. Sometimes people look for the spectacular and they miss the supernatural. You know, and, and there's nothing more supernatural than that voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of your heart. 
But great decisions always start with God. Secondly, great decisions always start with the big picture in mind. You know, see how that decision fits into the plan of God, the big picture of God for your life. Great decisions always start with the big picture in mind. You know, we probably all know the story of Esau. Esau was not a man of the big picture. Esau was a man that was hungry and he forfeited his inheritance for a plate of food. That's that's extreme small-mindedness. That is an extremely bad decision that affected his life and the life of his, of his descendants. It impacted on his relationship with his brother. It impacted on so many levels and so many aspects of his life. He had no idea that the day he, the day, the day he made that small decision of having a plate of food and surrendering his, his whole inheritance, you know, that it, it was going to be a decision that had devastating consequences for his future. That's why it's so important to always have the big picture of God. God has a plan for our lives. God has a purpose for each one of our lives. Each one of us needs to know what that purpose is, what that plan is. And when you know the purpose, when you know the plan, then whatever decision you have to make, you will always have to think, well, how does this fit with the big picture of God for my life? Lest we surrender our inheritance, our destiny, our purpose in God for something small. You know, Esau surrendered his inheritance for something really small that would bring just instant gratification. But then after that was gone. And so was his inheritance. So was his destiny and all the ensuing complications that came into his life. So before every decision in life, we should ask ourselves, is this part of my calling? Is this part of my plan? Is this part of the purpose of God for my life? Even in deciding our associations in this life, we should ask ourselves, is this an association I should pursue? There may be things, and let me tell you, there may be people who are not part of the plan of God for your life. Lot was... Uh, Lot wasn't part of, the, of Abraham's plan. He was an outsider in Abraham's destiny. God said, Abraham, leave your house, leave your relatives. But he had his relative attached to him. It didn't belong in his destiny. It didn't belong in his future. And no wonder so many problems then came after that. There was friction, there was strife, and eventually that separation. You know what? If you got lots, if you got things that, that are attached maybe to your life, that are not part of your destiny? Are, are, are there maybe things or people that you've allowed access into your life and that you carry with you? They're not part of the plan of God for your life. God has a specific plan. God has a specific future. And there are specific things that belong there and there are specific people that belong there. I remember the first time I saw my wife, well, she was my wife then, but uh, I met my wife and, uh, at a prayer meeting. And the Bible says, watch and pray. So I did both. I watched and I prayed. <laughs> and I saw this really beautiful woman. And uh, afterwards, I, we just started talking. And then I invited her out. And uh, the next question was, do you have a calling of God on your life? <laughs> I was very young. But I already knew the purpose of God for my life. I already knew that one day God was going to take us to the nations of the world and and so I needed to know whether this person was 
um, she could fit into what I believed was the plan of God for my life. Oh, I'm so glad that she said yes, and I'm so glad that she also had a calling, and I'm so glad we kind of, oh, it was like a hand in a glove. We kind of matched, and today we, we've traveled the whole world, and we've, you know, our lives just flowed together with such easiness. So start with, great decisions start with God. Great decisions start with the big picture. Thirdly, great decisions never rely on first impressions alone. Great decisions never rely on first impressions alone or how things may appear from the outside or, or just the superficial or the apparent or the external. Look at Genesis 13 and verse 10. It says, And Lot lifted his eyes, and he saw the plain of Jordan, that it was wild water everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, Wow, verse 11, then Lot chose for himself all the plain of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed east. And, and they, they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. Now, now, now notice what it says here. It says, Lot saw. Lot looked on the outside and it looked good. There was just one small detail. You know, there were the people in the land, they were exceedingly wicked. A few chapters after this, in, in chapter 19, we see how God actually had to bring destruction over that whole land. He made a bad choice. He made a choice based on what was apparent. It just, it was impressed by the first impressions of, of the place and he decided to go for it. You know, Lot saw, and then he says, and then Lot chose. You know, Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. There is a way that seems right, that apparently, on the surface, externally, it looks, it looks great, but the end of it is death. In 1 John 2, 16, you know, we see how there are three basic temptations that the enemy brings against all of us. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. The lust of the eyes means that the devil makes things look great and desirable. You know, he used that technique with, uh, with Eve in Genesis 3.6. It says that the fruit was pleasant to the eyes. He kind of painted a picture. This is awesome. How come you're not eating the fruit? It looks so great. That's the lust of the eyes. And the devil used that same strategy against Jesus in Luke chapter 4 when he brought him up on the pinnacle of a temple and showed him in one moment all the kingdoms of the earth. He kind of painted a picture like a great real estate and said, wow, all of that, well, I'll give it to you if you worship me because it was given to me. You know, that's what the enemy does. He, he creates pictures. But, you know, great decisions need to look beyond what's apparent, beyond what's external, beyond what is... It may be impressive, it may cause a great first impression, but just go a bit deeper. And uh, in, in, again, you know, get a vision from God. Get a vision from God. What is God saying about this? Look at chapter 13 and verse 14. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, 
For all the land which you see, I give you and your descendants forever. Now, two decisions that were made in a completely different way. Um, Lot went for what was apparent, what his eyes could see. He went for the first impressions. He, he said, wow, this looks really great. But you see, Abraham decided to go with a vision from God, what God showed him, what God showed him. Number four, great decisions always follow conviction rather than preference. You know, great decisions always follow conviction rather than preference. You know, Lot's decision was basically purely on preference. He preferred that place. It was a good place, apparently. Uh, there were those water for all that cattle. Uh, of course, he didn't see that the people in the land were exceedingly wicked, that this was actually not a good place. But, but he chose based purely on preference. But Abraham was a man of conviction, and his, his decision was made based on conviction. This is what the Lord showed me. This is what the Lord said to me. This is what the voice of the Lord said to go. And, and so he based his decision not on preference. Otherwise, he would have fought with his nephew and would have said, hey, what about me? I also, have, I also have cattle. No, he said, that's okay. If you want to go that way, I go with conviction. The Lord said, go this way, and that's the way I'm going to go. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of the promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, and the heirs with him of the same promise. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place he didn't know. So how did, how did Abraham make his choice? He made his choice based on conviction on what God had spoken to him, not just on what was on the, out, on, the, on the outside, not just what appeared to be, but on what God had spoken to him. And he took that step by faith. In verse 23 to 24, you know, we read about another man in the Bible, Moses, who also made his choices based on conviction rather than preference. Look at verse um, Look at verse 24. By faith Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh, the Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. I want you to see that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and he made a choice. He chose to suffer. He chose to go with his conviction. He chose, to, he chose against what was preferable. And he went with his convictions by faith. Follow what you believe. Follow your convictions. I believe there's things that are going to happen next year that are going to require you to follow what you believe. Follow what you see in the Word of God. Follow the Word of God. Follow by faith what God tells you. Number five, great decisions require the understanding of the right timing. I want you to see that. Abraham moved in sync with God. There was a time to move out, a time to enter the land, a time for the fulfillment of the promises of God. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God made everything beautiful in its time. Things that are done in the timing of God, they are beautiful. 
they're pleasant. Things will go well when things are done in the timing of God. So great decisions require the understanding of the right timing. You see, in, in the passage that we just read about Moses in Hebrews eleven twenty four, 24, it says, and when he became of age. So, so there's a time, there's, a, there's an aspect of timing that is very, very important when it comes to the decisions of life. You know, sometimes this, the vision may be yet for an appointed time, like we read in Daniel. Sometimes the vision may be for now. But we need to move in sync with God. We need to, in extra fact, it's always better to be a few steps, not ahead of God, but behind God, uh, and see what He says, than, you know, getting ahead of God. And it's never a good thing to be ahead of God. It's always good to hear what God's saying and be in step at the right time and follow God. Everything is beautiful at the right time, at the right time. You know, so in conclusion, five rules of great decisions. Number one, always start with God. Great decisions always start with God. Secondly, great decisions always start with the big picture, with the plan of God for our lives. How does this decision will impact on the plan, the great plan that God has for my life? Thirdly, great decisions never rely on first impressions alone. They go a little bit deeper. Number four, great decisions always follow convictions rather than preference. And lastly, all great decisions always move in the timing of God. Well, I hope this has been a bit of, bit of a practical and biblical advice for you as we, as we start thinking of what's ahead of us of next year. I, I really pray that, that uh, you will take on board you know, these, these five keys to good decisions. God has a future. God has a hope for your life, for my life, for our church. God has good things. That, but I believe that, that all the good that has in store for us will require some good decisions. So I pray in Jesus' name that uh, your decisions will be led by the Lord. I really believe that when the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered by the Lord. May your steps be ordered by the Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.